Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. It's now time for Cannabis Talk 101 with Blue, Joe Grande, and Mark and Craig Wasserman, the Pot Brothers at Law. We're the world's number one podcast for everything cannabis. Hello and welcome to Cannabis Talk 101, the world's number one source for everything cannabis. My name is Blue, alongside of me is Joe Grande. Thank you guys for listening to our podcast, Cannabis Talk 101, all around the world. As Blue said, we are the number one source for everything cannabis, so go ahead and check out our website, CannabisTalk101.com, as we have so many great articles on our website right now some great bloggers by selena i love what she's doing on there so go check it out call us up anytime 1-800-420-1980 and go check out our instagram pages at cannabis talk 101 blue is at the number one christopher wright hello and i am at joe grande 52 what time is it Dime time. That's right. Think higher with Dime Industries. Find them in California, Arizona, and Oklahoma. Dime Industries has been a leading trusted source of clean and potent medicine using state-of-the-art hardware, including premium food-grade stainless steel, glass ceramic plates, and enhanced battery life. The 1,000-milligram cartridges are amazing. Check out the website, dimeindustries.com, or on Instagram, dime.industries. And they really stepped up their booth, man. They were at Kushdock, and they killed it. They were awesome. Yeah. Loved it right there. Great, great show. Yes. On the show today, you guys, very special guest, Caroline Phillips. Now... She got her BA from Wake Forest. Go ahead now. Why do I say this, you guys? Because it's a private university, so she's a smart one. Then she did her postgrad journalism at Howard University. Go ahead now. Before getting her master's degree in public relations, corporate communications at Georgetown University. Hello, which happens to be the oldest and largest Catholic university in America. It ain't no joke right there. She's doing big, big things. Well, Caroline did some ad- ad- advising and protocols and customs for high level 
level international speakers just before working with the supernova women where she was empowering black and brown people to be self-sustaining shareholders in cannabis economy companies. I love what you've done so far. It's amazing. She's also the founder and executive producer of the National Cannabis Festival going down April 23rd and the 24th in Washington, D.C. We will be there, baby. So come hang out with us as well. Day one is at the RFK with Wiz Khalifa, Lettuce, Ghostface Killer, Backyard Band, Dunpoint Brass, and so much more. Then day two is at the Echo Stage featuring Slick Rick, baby, and Footwork, mm. the DJ, a live comedy show, and much more at the National Cannabis Championship presented by Gentleman Toker. Go to the nationalcannabisfestival.com. That's the website for more information and ticket options. Or check them out on Instagram at National Cannabis Festival, which is N-A-T-L-C-A-N-N-A-B-I-S-F-E-S-T. Welcome to the show, You better believe it. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here today. No doubt. And I I, I give that history because I love reading about how educated you are and going to all these big schools out in Washington and then giving it right back to your community. I feel like you are the homegirl hero. Yeah. Like I'm looking at your research going, she is hometown's finest. Go ahead and represent out there in Washington. Born and raised, are you born there or just went to school out there your whole college career? So I am a native Washingtonian. I grew up in this area and, you know, the war on drugs is still raging over here on the East Coast. So when we put on events on the East Coast, we need to make sure that we're still talking about cannabis policy reform and criminal justice reform. And that's part of what National Cannabis Festival is all about, as well as being a really big party. Yeah, it looks like a really big party. Everything that I just described on there. I mean, I think you've been how long have you been doing this now? This is going to be our sixth year. It would be the seventh year, but I think we all know what happened to everything in 2020. Yeah, yeah we're going strong right now, and we are the largest cannabis event on the East Coast. Fantastic. Really? How many people are going to be there, are you thinking? We have 25,000 people attending this year. What? Congratulations. Wow. Yeah, this is going to be a banger. Yeah. And what else can people expect? I know Wiz Khalifa, is he performing the first day, right? I didn't quite hear that all the way. Is, is, is Wiz Khalifa performing the first day there? Yeah, Wiz Khalifa is on the first day. We have Wiz Khalifa, Lettuce, Ghostface Killer, and a bunch of really incredible local acts. Then on day two, we have Slick Rick over at Echo Stage with Footwork. It's going to be an incredible performance and also a really great visual show. Fantastic. Now, what, what, what makes you so passionate about the cannabis industry and, and why cannabis for you? You know, growing up, I always enjoyed cannabis. Um, I went to college. I worked really hard. And when I was a younger professional, I would come home from work every day and smoke some weed to relax. But I always felt really bad about it. So when cannabis legalization came to D.C., it piqued my interest. And again, growing up in D.C., I know that there are still a lot of people who are getting put in jail here for things that other people are making a lot of money doing. That right. really rubbed me the wrong way. So I wanted to kind of harness what DC is known for, advocacy and policy. And then the best things that I know about good festivals, music and celebration, put them together and see if we could put on an event that taught people about how they could be activists in their community, but also showed them a really good time. I love it. And it's just great because you guys are having speakers as well, right? To educate? Absolutely. Speak on yeah, that. You know, please. between bands, we have members of Congress speaking we have council members speaking we even have gary chambers speaking right before wiz khalifa goes on 
So they're just actually speaking right in front of the, the crowd out there, just kind of giving some education and, and kind of tying in the, uh, the, the industry educational part or how's that, how's that working? I mean, are you guys doing that right up on stage or do you have break off rooms? So at the festival, we have five educational pavilions that run concurrent sessions throughout the day. We have a policy pavilion, a culture pavilion, a growth school. We have a wellness pavilion. And this year we have a brand new culinary pavilion where you can learn about cooking with cannabis all day. In addition to all of that, while you're watching the concert in breaks between sets, you'll see lawmakers jump up on stage and say things that all of us need to hear and all of us need to vote for in November. I love that. That is going to be so much great information with all those different rooms like that. And you're saying a party and vibe, so there's a DJ out there as well, right? So that's just keeping the party going? Absolutely. I mean, there's so much happening on site to keep the party going. I know that you all will be there keeping the party going on one side of the grounds. We have C3 Wrestling on site because what is a cannabis festival without professional wrestling, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, Seems like we the norm. Yeah. About 125 exhibitors this year and more than 75 food trucks and restaurants. So there's a lot to do and a lot to eat. That's awesome. And what kind of vendors are out there? Can people go out there and actually buy cannabis? Can you smoke? Yeah, how does that work? So in Washington, D.C., adults are allowed to possess four to eight ounces of cannabis now. Um, for personal use and for gifting to friends, but we don't have a recreational adult use market. We only have a medical market. So you can't exchange cannabis outside a dispensary for cash. Gotcha. But But you are allowed to share it with friends. So we could go out there and smoke with our friends. I mean, you know, everybody needs a good friend with weed and a good friend with weed (laughs) is a friend indeed. Or I think that's what the saying is. I think it's something like that. And if Caroline's out there, you got a friend. How about that? Indeed. (laughs) (laughs) Well, listen, Caroline, I I have a, a, uh, are you Puerto Rican? Because I I feel like you're you're one of my Puerto Rican uh, cousins. I'm Puerto Rican. (laughs) I am mixed. My mom is black and my dad is white. Oh, that's Puerto Rican. <laughs> you know, I understand a lot of people think I'm Puerto Rican, too. I could be many things, I suppose. That is the beauty of our multicultural world. And it's yes. seeing so many diverse faces starting to enter the cannabis industry. Yeah, fantastic. And as a woman who's gotten so much education under your belt, and I love the things that you've done in the past with working with different organizations that are empowering these minorities out there that we all are, I really admire your passion with what you've done so far and what you're doing as well, what you're continuing that with this big uh, organization where we're going to be at, which I can't wait for everyone to come out there to the National Cannabis Festival, and, and being so down with the community like that. Where does that love? Did your parents like embed that in you? I mean, did you watch, you know, uh, what, what was it? Do the right thing. Spike Lee as a kid that made you go, I got to do the right thing. I got to fight the power. I mean, where does this love come from that you go to all these universities and you're continuing to walk the walk and fight and the educate fight? And, ed- and also educate. Yeah. Others. I mean, that's huge. Where does that come from? Um, you know, like I said, when I finished college and I was uh, working in the workforce for the first time, I would smoke cannabis every single night after work and I didn't feel very good about it. <laughs> when cannabis legalization came to D.C., I saw a lot of big events coming here and big businesses, but I didn't really hear people talking about the problems that we still have in society with the war on drugs. And I didn't really hear about talking all uh, talking anything about the people who are still locked up. So I really wanted to create an event that gave our nonprofit organizations that have been working on this issue for a really long time, a platform to share their information 
And that's something that we tried to achieve at the festival through our policy summit, which is a free event that happens the day before the festival, the festival itself, and then our Sunday championship. But I, you know, I think I've always been someone that has wanted to make sure that people are treated fairly and just seeing the disparity and how people have been treated around this plant has always been pretty upsetting to me. So I'm just glad that I've developed a skill through my work on event production that can be applied now in this space because I certainly can't grow cannabis. I hear that. Have you ever been in trouble for it? Excuse me? Have you ever been in trouble for it? What kind of question is that, Joe? (laughs) I've been in trouble, but I've been in trouble in the most fortunate ways. I went to a high school in D.C. where intervention was not with the police. It was with the school and with my parents. But I did have friends who were kicked out of high school. I had friends who were kicked out of college. I've had friends who've been locked up in recent years. So it's something that is close to my heart. Um, You know, I see people who desperately want to get into the licensed industry, but don't have avenues who are still being criminalized today for wanting to do what others are able to do. And I think that's something that really drives me forward because We all know that even if federal legalization happens, that's not going to suddenly flip a switch and make the cannabis industry this wonderful utopia. We all still have to work really hard together to make sure that this isn't just another industry, but a better industry that really does right by people. You know, I'd like to I'd like to hear some of the the, uh, you know, the charities and things that that you are working with. And and so but. It's Cannabis Talk 101. Let's go to break, and when we come back, let's find out. We'll be right back. We'll be right back with Cannabis Talk 101. Welcome back to Cannabis Talk 101. Well, turn your typical into something special. Now, when it comes to infused products, the flavor you taste should be just as enjoyable as the feeling you experience. Make sure you check out the website, loranoils.com. That's L-O-R-A-N-N. OILS.com. Some wonderful things to create so many things that are special in your world, at home, at work, anywhere. We're on the line here, you guys, with Caroline Phillips from the National Cannabis Festival in Washington, D.C. And Blue, before we went to break, you asked a very great question of some of these organizations that, Caroline, you guys are working with out there. Who are they? So we work with a bunch of incredible drug policy nonprofits like Drug Policy Alliance, Marijuana Policy Project, normal supernova women of course um, we also work with the aclu of dc dance safe baltimore harm reduction coalition minority cannabis business association national cannabis industry association um, i feel like i've gotten deep enough here that if i don't name someone i'm going to get in trouble so balance veterans iraq and afghanistan veterans of america Um, So, so many amazing organizations. And then our beneficiary is an organization called Street Sense Media that trains and employs unhoused people in D.C. so that they learn skills like photography and computer processing skills and can hopefully find good positions in the workforce. And Caroline, is that all of them? Did you forget any? Did you forget one? I did forget many, and I'm horrified. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> there, no, there are literally well, like 30 groups on our advocacy committee, so that's I think t- I might have gotten through maybe 10, Well, maybe that was to name, to name a few. How about some of the, the uh, different companies that are coming out to represent their brands and things like that, some of your vendors. Uh, you know, vendors and stuff? Can you tell us some of those guys? We have super awesome local companies, and we're really proud about some of the national brands coming in this year, too. 
So locally, some of the folks who've been supporting us since day one are shops like Capital Hemp, brands like Pink Fox. There's an amazing blog in DC called Gentleman Toker that reviews all of the cannabis in the area. Some of the awesome licensed dispensaries like Anacostia Organics. Um, we have the folks from Cureleaf coming in as well. And I think the folks from Culta. Of course, Weed Maps will be on site supporting in a big way. Um, we're very excited to be working with Liquid Death and Khalifa Kush and Taylor Gang. So they will all be on Taylor site, Gang. of course, because their dude is headlining. But it's going to be such an incredible mix of craft companies cannabis dispensaries, um, lifestyle brands, everything that you can imagine under one, well, not roof, within one fence line. How about that? Yes. I love what, that. what do these tickets go for? Can general admission go, right? You know, tickets, if you were smart and started early, tickets were $35. Oh. Now tickets are 75 So if you waited, you waited. Don't keep waiting. Grab your ticket now. Yes. Um, but it's $75 for the festival day. But within that price, you get access to everything on the ground. Endless education opportunities, a chance to hang with you guys and the Cannabis Talk crew, a uh, little pro wrestling Full day concert with full performances by big artists. So it's just a great day to come and hang with friends. You know, and, and is it a two day festival? It is. So Sunday is over at Echo Stage. We have Slick Rick headlining there. It's an awards show. So it's a full afternoon party. We have comedians. We have a wild DJ performance coming from Footwork. Um, DJ Diamond Cuts from Philadelphia is coming down to host for the day. Nice. We're going to be giving out our championship belts. Because we're on the East Coast. You all do cups on the West Coast. We do championships with nice. wrestling belts on the East Coast for our cannabis competition. I love it. Very nice. Yeah, it's going to be a spectacle. It's going to be a spectacle. She said, you guys do cups. We how, do how far is Philly <laughs> from it. Washington? Now that you just said that, how far is Philadelphia from Washington? Sorry, didn't hear that. He said, how, how far is Philly from, from Washington? How far is Philly, Philadelphia? Philly is only two hours from Washington, D.C. Oh, so it's really? pretty Oh, wow. That's I got my boy Q DZ out there in Philly. He does the radio and TV out there. We might have to come have him come out and hang out with us over here and do this. You know, I'll, I'll tell you, um, you know, it, it's it's great that you you are this pioneer, right? And, you know, because we're very in tune with, like, all of the, the West Coast guys and some of the Midwest and the East Coast and stuff like that that have been doing things. But, you know, when you popped up on our radar, it's just like, wow, this sounds like such, such an amazing event. And, 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 and I, I, I feel like, a little disappointed that we haven't known about it for the last f you know five or six well, years. How many people are going? It's crazy. This is no. gonna be great. It's gonna be amazing. She's killing it's, it. It's a go to. It must go. But I, I really want people to know, like it, you know, what it takes to put some kind of a, an event like this together, right? So can you kind of give us like an overview of like the hard work that your staff and your friends and their family always have to put into? Because I, I mean, we get it, right? We, the, it's we, not just us. We, we live on the road. We, we 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 do these events quite often. But you know, share that with with our listeners and and yeah. and the people that you have coming. You know, it is a full year process to put on this festival. It takes 12 full months um, to put things in perspective. We had our last show just eight months ago, and we produced that show with three months notice. So um, my team has been incredibly busy for the past 10 months, but that sure does beat the previous two years when we couldn't have a festival. Um, festivals take a lot of blood, sweat, and tears. It is a lot of work and it takes a whole lot of heart to bring together this many people, but also to create an experience for people to enjoy. And my team has that heart or they wouldn't still be here. 
Um, I, the sacrifice by people's families and friends, you know, we're in the round the clock part of the festival planning where every day is a deadline. Uh, every hour is not long enough. Sure. Yeah. Like I said, the folks here wouldn't still be working on this project, and most of them have been doing it for seven years now with me. They wouldn't still be here if they didn't really believe in it. And if our fans weren't so incredibly gracious at the festival, I think that we have some of the greatest fans like in the United States. They're all so grateful to have the opportunity to come together, and they're all so kind to each other, and it just it makes it worth it even on the hardest days. So whatever festival you go to to celebrate 420, whether it's on the West Coast, somewhere in the middle of the country or the East Coast, give an extra special thanks to anybody that you see in a staff t-shirt next week because I bet they have been on a really hard grind for the past couple of months. Yes. Well, we can't wait to get out there at the National Cannabis Festival going down April 23rd and the 24th in Washington, D.C. It's Cannabis Talk 101. We'll come right back with some more Caroline Phillips right here on Cannabis Talk 101. Keep it locked. We'll be right back with Cannabis Talk 101. Welcome back to Cannabis Talk 101. Take a hit, get lit, sit back, and enjoy Cannabis Talk 101 with Blue and Joe Grande. And together, Blue, we can. Yes. C-A-N-N. Check out the hashtag, together we can, with a double N at the end, at Canada Devices. And of course, this show doesn't happen without Jan, Erica, Daniel, Cal, Christian A, Christian S., Denny with the beautiful hair, P-Funk, Connor, Abby, Edgar, Kimberly, Selena, Carissa, Cashcam, Salar, Nadia, Ali, E-Man, Pitt, Chris Frankino, Jennifer, and Elvis. We greatly appreciate Thank each, you guys, each and every all one of you. you. Caroline Phillips from the National Cannabis Festival in Washington, D.C. Check out the website, nationalcannabisfestival.com. It is going to be an amazing show as you've heard everything and everything that you guys done. I just can't wait, Blue, like we've been talking a little bit off the air. Like, to me, Caroline... This is the most excited I've been, Blue, in a, in a minute because I haven't been to an East Coast Cannabis Festival ever. Not on the East Coast. So, folks, Cannabis Talk have. 101. Have you? Were you yeah. to New York one? Yeah, I've been MJB, to New York. Or not MJB. Yeah, I've been to, uh, you, know, you know, I've been to Smoking several. ones? Were they uh, smoking yeah, friendly? Both, yeah. Both. This is going to be great. But, but I mean, Washington. I don't know. I don't know if they had thirty or twenty five thousand people there. You know, I, I think you know when you when you could pull twenty five thousand people to to an event, there's something special about you, first of all, <laughs> and 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 your message. More importantly, um, you know, people tend to go to festivals not because of headliners or because of this. It's because of the message that they've they've learned. The you, usually, you have to build these these kind of festivals up. There's no way you just come out the park, no. you know, with twenty five thousand people. Um, this. This is something that you know. It's obviously, uh, Caroline has has you know obviously put the last seven years of their blood, sweat, and tears in. But you know, again, they, their messaging is correct. People want to get behind messaging, and, and I, I thoroughly believe that. That's it's why the you know the. Um, Woodstock was such a big success. You know, people from all over the world before marketing and branding was together, it was because they had this amazing uh, message. message. And to be with that message in Washington, to have the lawmakers come out and speak, Caroline, that right there, the people that, like, that's the difference between the West Coast and the East Coast, in my opinion, going to this one. That's yours stands out so much, Caroline. 
the real lawmakers are there. Like we had Delone, Leland. Delone. We had Congress guys here and there. That's Long Beach. Oh, the, ma- the mayor guys. came out some mayors. The last get, ones. We yeah. have some cats, but it ain't like Washington. Washington is where it can go federally legal at. They could cha- they could change. That's things. where it all is going. <laughs> that's where it's going to change for Like that's what's going to change globally at, or, or at least in this country, right there out of Washington. So to me, that makes this like. You get to hang out with the biggest characters in the, in the world of like, oh my God, these are the ones that are, that are making that change. Sure. And sure. and Caroline, how do you get these people to come and support and be there knowing that it's quote unquote still taboo, still not legal. They're going to be on the forefront. They're going to be looked at as pro, pro, pro cannabis now that they're there and they're going to be propaganded that way from the other side. How do these people just say, screw it, I'm in? I mean, I think that's where our advocacy partners come in. All of those incredible organizations that we were talking about earlier, they help us push a lot of our invitations to lawmakers and talk to them about why it would benefit them and benefit their constituents if they came to speak at the event. So that's something that's been very important to us over the years is trying to engage lawmakers and show them our community in a different way. Um, You know, in Washington, D.C. now, we're able to show the economic impact of the cannabis event. And I like to think perhaps that gives our local lawmakers a window into what maybe one day with a full adult use market could look like in our city. But, um, you know, however it works out, I hope that we're just showing them the best foot forward of the cannabis industry and that we're helping them become even more convinced that it's time for us to stop having all these crazy, complex discussions around these plants and just go ahead and legalize. Sure. Yeah, I mean, it could be so easy, right? <laughs> for you know, for us, we're we're just looking at like, what is what is the major malfunction here? What, like, why can't we just come to something very simple and make it easy? And I I appreciate what you know where your mind's at with that because again, I, that's how I look at it too. We're making something so difficult that it's not that difficult. It's real, yeah. it, it is. I mean, look, we're drinking liquor for God's sakes. I mean, and it has no medicinal value. And our country's not ignorant. We wouldn't put medicinal value on it and let it spread across the country and move into all these states. Had it not had CBD that. CBD now legal, come on, this man. and that. And we're they not, know. Come on, man. We're not. We're, we're not. It's, it's, this is. The whole taboo stuff needs to go. And speaking of taboo stuff, Caroline, did how did your family react with this big passion for cannabis now. I mean, they see their daughter go to a private college at uh, Wake Forest, and then she goes to only Howard University, for God's sakes, and then Georgetown, and now my daughter's doing cannabis? Yeah. Now, it took me three months um, of telling my dad directly to his face what I was planning on doing, which was quitting my nine-to-five job to put on this festival for him to believe me. And my mom and I did not have a direct conversation about it and actually still haven't had a direct conversation about it. She is an elementary school teacher. Six years Um, later. (laughs) She knows that it exists. She knows that I do something, but we've never had a direct conversation about it. And that's probably more my own like high school fear than any issue she would have it with it at this point. So maybe Uh, I'll address that with her this year. Man. How about we invite her to the festival? Let's bring her out. She can come with us and kick it with us. We'll put it on the tour bus. Festival. He's hysterical. He will buy everybody's merch. He will visit every booth. He'll go to every talk. I'm just not quite ready to see my mom there. That's not something I'm ready to do. And and do you do you feel like um, you know how far away do you guys feel before you guys actually have? Just a re- either an, an adult use or a recreational, because I know there's that thin line of, of the two, right? So, you know, yeah. b- before you guys p- pick that up, w- when do you think that's coming for you? 
you know, it's going to happen as soon as we can get rid of the Harris rider. Um, when Washington, D.C. voted for cannabis legalization and to have, you know, a full adult use market, a member of Congress named Andy Harris, who serves in Maryland, slapped a rider on our budget that said if we moved forward to fully implement an adult use market, um, there would be various penalties. Um, at one point, they even threatened to arrest our mayor and members of the D.C. Council. So this rider has prevented D.C. for the past seven years from really regulating a full adult use market. And it's left us with this confusing limbo where we have licensed cannabis companies in the city. And then we have a large number of unlicensed companies. The unlicensed companies would very much like to become licensed, but there's no mechanism to do that because the D.C. Council has their hands tied and can't move forward. And then the licensed companies are having a difficult time right now because they're having to compete with folks who are unlicensed. So um, that's just one example of what congressional budget control does in a city like Washington, D.C., that voted nearly 70 percent seven years ago for wow. adult use cannabis. That's just one of the ways they control the will of the voters in our city. And it's crazy, wow. Caroline, because everything you're describing sounds like Los Angeles. I mean, yeah, I, I was just going to say, Doug, welcome to welcome to Cali. Well, well, it, it, you know, for us, at least we've taken the initiative, call it adult use and move forward. Right. But but the big city metropolitan speaking, you can't shut it down. Well, and there's a, there's a whole there's a whole side of it that says, you know, hey, look, you, we, we know that the, the, the illicit market's still here. Right. It's here. You know, it's and it's not you know, I don't want to say it's not going anywhere. Hopefully, you know, it it it, it gets wiped out. But ideally, though, right now. You know, you guys, I feel like, are going through kind of what we went through maybe five years ago. And it seems and like it's still going through now. Still though. going through, <laughs> yeah. but but because of that Started law, up. because of that law that you guys are tied into the, the Harris oh. law, I, which I wasn't you know privy to knowing anything about, and I appreciate you educating us and our that was, listeners that was on. Cool, right? Yeah, yeah, it's super important to I know. How do we get that? Like, how do we drive people? You know, to to uh, you know vote overturn that? that law? Yeah, vote that out. And when you know, how does that work? What I do mean, we got? DC needs statehood. Right now, we don't get, um, you know, we get taxed, but we don't get full representation in Congress. Did you say statehood? So we have nearly a million people living in the city, and we don't really have a voice in Congress. Yeah. yeah. And I think that in Washington, D.C., the focus here is less so on eliminating the unlicensed market and more so on transitioning them, hopefully bringing them to the licensed side. I know that that is a very, very difficult feat and a really steep hill to climb to figure out how to do that. But I really hope that advocates in D.C. and lawmakers in D.C. are paying attention to cities like Los Angeles, seeing what's worked and seeing what hasn't and figuring out a way to preserve some level of cottage industry in our city, while, of course, also making space for some of the bigger companies that will inevitably be coming in as well. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to happen out there. And you know what? I can't wait to go out there to Washington, D.C. for this National Cannabis Festival. Caroline, we'd like to do the high five with all our guests. And we're going to ask you five simple questions. Have a little fun with you. Before we get to slap hands with you and hang out with you in Washington, D.C. So if you're in the area on the East Coast, I don't care if you're in Philly, you're in New York, wherever. Come hang out with us. Blue and I are going to be out there. The Cannabis Talk 101 team. Pitt, we're going. We're doing it Big Willie style. Salar, Cam, Chris Franchino. Question number one of the high five with Caroline Phillips from the National Cannabis Festival. How old were you the first time you smoked cannabis and where did you get it from? The first time? Yes. 
I got my first cannabis experience was in high school. I was 15. It was behind my friend's house. I got incredibly high. And when I got off the train later that night to get home, my friend's dad was waiting in the bushes for us. Ah, that's he weird. He was trying to scare us because we were late, but he scared us because we were stoned. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the kukui. Uh, you know how funny that is? That is because so if great. you know, you know. Oh, right? yeah. And, and not only that, you're just showing your dad knows. Your dad knows. Oh, you're Everybody so, knows you're stoned. It's so oh, great. Yeah, and it was one of those like, how did he know moments. Yeah. And then, yeah. I it was love ridiculous. it. That is so freaking so You just walked awesome. me down there. I loved it. Ah, uh, yeah, you walked me down that road for that? sure, too. I walked down I that road. I feel you. nervous right now. I got yeah, chills. Yeah, you're like, and the dad pops out, and you're stupid ripped. You're like, fuck, we're busted. I remember Quite- a parent came home, and I jumped out of a window once. Like, I was so stupid doing stupid shit like that. Like, yeah. Oh, they're here. I'm like, what are you doing? We're jumping out of the window. Like, why are we jumping out of the window? Because <laughs> <laughs> we're stoned. <laughs> Question number two of the high five. What is your favorite way to use or smoke cannabis? I, you know, I think I'm supposed to have like a really complicated answer to this because I put on a cannabis festival, No, but um, I'm pretty simple. I like rolling papers and I like blunts, but I actually haven't really found a method of consumption that I don't like. So I am an equal opportunity consumer. <laughs> you know what? I like that. I Go ahead, Caroline. That. Go ahead. She, you, you laid that one out that, just right. And, and it sounded poetic in it my was, book. It was the best that one. That was Poetic Justice by Caroline Phillips. Question number three. Craziest place you ever used or smoked cannabis? The best place I've ever used or smoked Craziest. 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 Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, I live in Washington, D.C. You can walk a city block and be on federal property. You can walk a city block and be back on city property. Um, I have had a handful of incidents many years ago to anyone listening that might be concerned where I have found myself on federal property smoking or in possession of cannabis yes. well before full legalization had even a glimmer of hope. So, yeah, I think in Washington, D.C., we have people who become activists by mistake every day when they just go to spark up a joint <laughs> and realize that they're on federal land. You know, Free the weed. Let me ask you, we're, we're not going to be on federal land, are we? <laughs> During the, uh, what did you fe- the festival, we won't be on federal land, will we? <laughs> so technically, uh, the festival is on federal land, but it is leased back by the city. So it's under the jurisdiction of the city. I love Aha. it. Even better. Even better of a story. Question, uh, question number four of the high five. What is your go-to munchie after you get high? Oh, this is easy. Dry roasted peanuts. Ooh. Ah. With the sweet the sweet ones or just the? I, I like the regular salted tall mm. jar. I can mow through a jar and then I'll regret it. But like there, you know, there are a lot of peanut options out there now, and a lot of blends and fancy brands. I just but like, there is nothing better than the dry roasted peanut planters, it. right? Just a good planters box. That's all you need sometimes. Question yeah, number know, five. Expensive. You know, I know that people are allergic to peanuts sometimes, but if you're not, dry roasted peanuts. I where it's at. I, I had some peanuts today, by the way. I was I was eating them all day. I, I love it. I almonds, peanuts, whatever, <laughs> cashews. Hello. Yes, it was Caroline there. Hello? Hello, Caroline. Caroline? Can I come to the festival? I'm on the website, <laughs> nationalcannabisfestival.com, and I'm trying to get two tickets. I'm just kidding. Caroline, um, question number five of the high five. If you could smoke cannabis with anyone, dead, dead or, or alive, alive, who would, who would it, be? it be and why? Um, You know, I have I have to say Wiz Khalifa right now because oh, he just had know. his Khalifa Kush come out. 
he, I don't know if you've been following him on Instagram recently, but he has been on just like an Instagram tear of enjoying cannabis and rolling cannabis and smoking cannabis and talking about his cannabis and, and exercising, exercising. And I think he would be a lot of fun to smoke weed with right now. Yeah. You, uh, well, you might be able to do that at the festival. I, I'm, I'm sure you will. Oh, this. You know, that would be very cool. Um, but, you know, we'll see what happens. I would enjoy that, though. That would be great. Caroline, it's so nice to uh, to have somebody like you educated that throws an event like this at a festival for for the people, um, and it, it's it's so important, you know. And I I, I can only tell you it's it's a, such an honor to have actually a good conversation face to face with you because, um, you know, a lot of times we we don't really get to see everybody that that throws these festivals, and I know how much work it goes into it, and and I'm sincerely I we, I appreciate you um and for for helping out so many people because. Uh, an event like this truly is um, is is a uh, what pushes for legalization. It's part it's, of the big movie. It's it, part of the movement. It, it, it's it's part of the Everything. movement. Yeah, and, and it's it is it's also therapeutic for a lot of people. You know what I mean? Very like, for a, so a lot, many. A lot of people don't realize how therapeutic it is. You know, to be able to go to a festival like this. I mean, we just did one, and there was not one fight. There was no alcohol. I mean, there was alcohol there um, in some places, I'm sure, but it wasn't like you know at the end of the night where you've got you know people fighting or dying. It was just very calm, and it's a very therapeutic festival for a lot of people and there's a lot of peace and love put into these festivals and and i think that uh with that education and and the things that your message with, with what your message has uh it's powerful and i'm excited to be a part of it as well and thank you for uh including us in this yeah we're really looking forward to it not only that caroline i want to tell everybody out there on the east coast come out to this washington dc event with us and not only that invite the folks that have never been it's almost like easter sunday at church you know what I'm saying? You know how at church they'd be like, invite your friend, invite your friend, invite your neighbor, invite invite your friend and your neighbor, folks. Yeah, educate them. Educate them because guess what? You're spreading the love and they can come out of the green closet if they're in it. 100%. It's a great place to come out of that green closet yeah. and be like, I'm around my people. I'm accepted. This is okay. Yeah. The taboo of I'm doing something wrong is a cliche and mental scar that you need to pull off and accept the fact that the green way is the right way. We'll see you in Washington, D.C. Caroline, is there anything that we forgot to mention that you want to mention before we let you go? No, just thank you so much for having me on. We feel so honored to have you all coming out to the East Coast for this show. The East Coast audience has been waiting for Cannabis Talk to come out in a big way like this. So Let's go. can't wait to meet you guys next week in person and party with the whole Mid-Atlantic region. Let's go. You know what? I thank you so much for joining Cannabis Talk 101, guys. And remember this, if no one else loves you, we do. Thank you for listening to Cannabis Talk 101 on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.